grace and peace to you this season. It is on Christmas Eve that we gather in anticipation of the Christ child, recalling God's presence with us. In this space, all are welcome and recipients of God's love and grace. St. Andrew is an open, affirming, inclusive congregation, a community of believers and skeptics, the lost and the found, families of all shapes and sizes, and people from every point along life's journey. No matter who you are or where you've been, what you believe, or even if you believe at all, or whatever brought you here on this Christmas Eve, you belong here. Whether you are worshiping with us here in this sanctuary or online from home, I want to say hello and a warm welcome to you this Christmas Eve. Just to note, as you are seated, please move to the center of the row, filling in all available space. We expect a full sanctuary and need to make room for everyone. Thank, Thank you, you for, for joining, joining us and spending your, your Christmas, Christmas Eve at St. Andrew. Andrew. Does, that Does that sound too hokey or... Good evening, St. Andrew. Merry Christmas. We are thrilled you're here. Um, if you have any room in your row, please move in. Make that available. And if you would hold up a hand, let us know where there's space in your row. All of you who are standing right now, we have a fantastic experience going to happen in Fellowship Hall. We have a direct line from the sanctuary. We will have clergy in there and candles and um, we are prepared to, to welcome you in Fellowship Hall. So there's a few, there may be room for a few more people, and then we're gonna continue the experience in Fellowship Hall. Thank you.
Merry Christmas, St. Andrew. It is wonderful to see you here. Welcome to the beauty and the mystery of Christmas Eve. It is great that you are here today. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the late Christian martyr of the 20th century, said, in the incarnation, the whole human race recovers the dignity of the image of God. And tonight, we behold the image of God in the face of the infant Christ child. And as we do that, we see the beauty of who God made us to be and who we might become. We are so very glad that you are here tonight. Whether you are here with family or friends or just passing through or you're a member or constituent of St. Andrew, we want you to know that St. Andrew is an open and affirming congregation. We welcome people from all walks of life and people from every point along the spiritual journey. So please know tonight you are welcome here and that you um, are here with us as we celebrate this night uh, in the presence of those who journey with you. Just a note tonight that as we conclude our service with the candle lighting and the singing of Silent Night, I want to encourage you as you light your candles and pass the light to others, please keep your lighted candle vertical as you pass the light and allow your neighbor to light their candle in a horizontal position. And that will avoid other disastrous results related to candle wax dripping all over your neighbor. Uh, until then, uh, please do uh, understand that our candles uh, tend to fall off our laps and off of our chairs. And so during the service, if you could just right now go ahead and put those candles underneath your chair, that will avoid a lot of clutter and clatter during the service as we worship on this holy night. If you're worshiping with us online, I also want to encourage you to take a candle uh, at your home and be able to uh, participate in our candle lighting ceremony uh, at the end of our service tonight. A few more items to note. Uh, I want to encourage you to take your candle or your, your Christmas ornament tonight with you. You can find those ornaments on your way out. The ushers will hand those to you, and uh, you can have that as a devotional piece tonight and tomorrow as you celebrate Christmas. Uh, finally, I want to invite you to silence your cell phones, and then please uh, stand if you're able and turn your attention to the center aisle as we welcome the light of Christ.
friends, please remain standing as you are able as we invite the Bullis family to come and light our Christ candle tonight. We join the onlookers in the fields, watching God come to earth. Emmanuel, God with us. As we watch this night, the fields come alive with beauty and the sounds of angels singing glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth. The shepherds are the first to know that the Christ child has been born. Each December, in our ordinary fields, we stop to experience the wonder of his birth. And now we join together in saying, we light these candles to declare that unto us a Savior is born. We sit in awe and welcome the Christ child. Joy to the world. be seated. Will you join your heart with me now in prayer, in the prayer that can be found on the screen? Lord of star and manger, light in our darkness, we recall the night when heaven and earth were gathered into one. 
We recall the night that you spoke your word of creation into this starry void, and your word became flesh and lived among us. We recall that you came not as a conqueror, but a child, not as a king, but a servant. We recall the cold night of your birth, that is our birth, when your light was born in us. Lead us to follow you in humility and peace so that all who walk in darkness might see your great light. Amen.
In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her.
In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judah, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went there to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth, then laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the God shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. 
and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for what they had heard and seen, as it had been told them.
In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judah, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people of Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. He then sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh.
I want to welcome you once again to St. Andrew on this holy night, members and friends and visitors and a few interlopers, some jet-lagged jet uh, out-of-town visitors who had to battle all the weather this week and all those kids that are back from college and weary and tired and little days after that semester. Especially want to welcome all those little ones, the little elves among us who are amped up on candy canes and sugar gun drops and ready for tomorrow. At St. Andrew, we welcome saints and Scrooges. We welcome believers and bah humbuggers, angels and Grinches, and even some cotton-headed mini-muggins. <laughs> We're glad you're here. I do want to acknowledge there are times when we come to church that not everybody feels easy about it. Sometimes we show up and we feel a bit uneasy coming to church, and Christmas Eve is one of those nights. I often hear people as a pastor, they tell me, look, I'm not real religious, and I'm afraid that if I ever step foot in a church, the place might fall down. And I always assumed that was a convenient excuse for getting out of church, but back when I was pastoring a church in San Diego, a, a friend uh, called me and said, uh, look, I, I want to come to church to hear you speak on Easter. He's a trial lawyer. He spends a lot of time in front of juries, and he said, I want to come hear you give your closing argument on Easter. <laughs> he's also Jewish, so he's never once stepped in a Christian church, and he said, I, I'm not very religious. I'm a little afraid if I step into your church, the place might fall down. And I said, Bill, I promise you, if you come to church, the place will not fall down. And so he came to church on Easter Sunday. And God must have a sense of humor because during the service, we actually had an earthquake. <laughs> like a 7.1 magnitude earthquake. And I was pretty sure the place was going to fall down. Easter Sunday, 2010. And the building didn't fall down, but I, that was the last time I invited my friend to come to church. <laughs> so look, if you're uneasy about being here, I get it. I get it because I'm a bit uneasy. This is my 30th Christmas Eve as a pastor. I have, I know. That means I've given 30 Christmas Eve messages and I am fresh out of material after 30 Christmas Eve. I mean, how many ways can you spin the story of Christmas? And our production team this week was really worried that I wouldn't be able to come up with something fresh to say. And so, they told me about this new website. Maybe you've heard of it. It's a, it uses artificial intelligence to write original prose. Those of you who are in high school and college, don't listen to this part of the sermon. <laughs> you just punch in a few key words and out comes a, a term paper or a, a song or a poem or a sermon. <laughs> are you following this? I mean, artificial intelligence can now write sermons with a fluency equivalent to that of a real live pastor, which is life-changing for me because I just, I'm saving countless hours a week now. Um, <laughs> but I won't check, I, 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 I won't lie, I checked it out and it was pretty good. Uh, except here's the problem. Um, there's no algorithm, there's no equation. There's no formula, there's no linear, logical, problem-solving, data-crunching operation that can explain the ineffable mystery of how God's cosmic spirit takes on earthly human flesh in the improbable form of a helpless, vulnerable baby 
who happens to be born to two Jewish peasant refugees in a nondescript forgotten village on a quiet, ordinary night that no one but a few sketchy shepherds even witnessed. There's no AI application on earth that can take those implausible facts and somehow turn them into something reasonable and rational and believable. Artificial intelligence can't compute and reconcile those irreconcilable details any more than human intelligence can. They simply don't compute. But maybe that's the whole point of the Christmas story. You can't get to Bethlehem. You can't get to divine love. You can't even get to human love by simply punching a few keys and crunching some data. In the modern world, you and I are slaves and masters of the algorithm. The algorithm is what makes the world go around. Algorithms can determine what we like, what we want, what we should buy or believe, how we should vote, how we should feel about a particular issue. Algorithms can tell us what movies to watch based on our viewing history and what podcasts to listen to based on our download habits. Algorithms can even connect us with like-minded people on dating apps. But still, they can't quite get us to love. Poetry and prose, beauty and mystery, always defy human calculation. There is no algorithm for love, because love never makes logical, rational sense. And we all know this as humans. If you dare to love, you will get hurt. Offer your heart to anyone, it'll get broken. Give yourself in love to anybody, and you'll know disappointment. Love never makes rational sense, and yet we do it anyway. And so it is with God. And scattered throughout the Bible are these countless ways that God has tried over and over again through the centuries to reach us, to love us. And most of those ways were pretty rational. Most of them came in the form of rules and laws in the Old Testament. Do this, don't do that, and we're all going to get along. In the Hebrew Bible, this is called covenant. And like a marriage covenant, God's covenant with us lays out the conditions by which this divine human love would be preserved over time. God said, look, you and I, we have this special relationship, and we each have responsibilities in this relationship, so you do your part. I'll do my part, and this is how we're going to demonstrate our love for each other. And it made perfect rational sense, but it turned out that we humans aren't really very good at doing our part. Over and over again, our love failed. We were seduced by lesser gods. We were struggling to have a human loving relationships with our neighbors. A lot of times we acted as though we ourselves were God. And over time, God experienced deep sadness in this relationship, as any lover would. But God wouldn't stop trying anyway. God sent angels and prophets and signs and oracles and messengers, all very reasonable, rational strategies. None of them worked. Why? Because real love, in the end, almost never makes rational sense. I think that's what God learned over the centuries with us. That love defies calculation. 
And relationship transcends reason. And there's no algorithm for love. So, finally, God chooses to do the unreasonable thing and becomes a human. And not just a human, but a child. Because we love kids. I mean, we get all irrational when it comes to kids. Have you noticed this? Every baby is truly, truly God's greatest gift. And every parent believes it. This baby is special. I mean, imagine Mary trying to explain to all her friends at the playground uh, after the baby is born. Like, my kid is really special. (laughs) And all the moms are rolling their eyes like, well, there she goes again, right? She thinks he's like some kind of messiah, right? (laughs) But we all love kids. And you know, you'll do anything for them. You will sacrifice and suffer for them. I was talking to a young couple recently. They're expecting their first child. They came to me, of all people, for good advice. And I told them they could start preparing for parenthood by going somewhere in the neighborhood and finding a neighbor that has a big bucket of Legos. And you bring those home and you spread them all over the master bedroom, right around the bed. And if you can get up out of bed in the middle of the night to go to the restroom and and not swear or break an ankle or shout or scream, you're ready to be a parent. And I told the soon-to-be dad, prepare yourself for car sickness. Because when you trade in your Porsche 911 and you get that $70,000 minivan, you're going to feel really sick, right? (laughs) I said, when you get it home, just go get that steel rake out of the garage and drag it up and down both sides of that minivan. (laughs) Rob your kids from doing that. You'll feel much better about it, right? And I told the mom, you'll never sleep ever again, ever. And you'll be late for every appointment, always. And you're going to grow these eyes in the back of your head, which will explain the migraines. And then grab some frozen fish sticks and throw them underneath the back seat of that minivan. And just leave them there, right? Do it now before your kids do it, and it won't hurt so much. You know, I haven't seen that couple in church since, but (laughs) real love never makes rational sense ever, ever, especially with kids. And that's what God learns over the centuries. Love defies calculation. There's no algorithm for it. And so God becomes this child because God loves and longs to be loved like a child. Hear that again. God longs to be loved like a child. And God knows that if we can love this little Christ child, maybe we can start loving the world too. Loving it with a little less calculation, with a little bit more generosity and gentleness. A little more sacrifice for others. This is the utter genius of the Christmas story. That love needs concreteness. That spirit needs form. That divine presence needs a body. Soul needs a needs flesh intimacy needs to be whispered in the sound of a baby's cry and so at christmas we encounter this embodied divine love in the form of a baby and we remember how to love again how to love not only god but love each other irrationally to love unreasonably with less calculation and more vulnerability bono of you too in his new memoir he speaks of being on this tour and he comes home and he's in Dublin and he, it's Christmas Eve and he goes to 
St. Patrick's Cathedral, because that's where everybody goes. He's never been there, but it's Christmas Eve, and he goes. And they give him this horrible seat behind a great big pillar. And he's tired, he's nodding off, and he's trying to keep himself awake by looking at the bulletin. And, and suddenly it just comes over him. The poetry of the story. This idea, as he says, that if there is a, if there is a force of love and logic in the universe, that it would seek to explain itself that alone is amazing enough, but that it would seek to explain itself by becoming a child born in straw poverty. That's beautiful. This poetry of unknowable love, unknowable power, picking a particular point in human history and deciding to act on this. And he said it brought tears to his eyes. Love needs form, intimacy needs to be whispered. Love it has to become an action made concrete. And so maybe tonight, this baby, as we behold the face of the baby, the baby beholds our face and asks us, what about your love? And what about the things that you love and the ways that you love? Is, is it more than just an idea? Is it more than just words? Does it have form and shape, action, flesh? Sometimes we resemble that old character, Silas Marner, in that great George, George Eliot short story. Silas Marner is this reclusive, hardened man. He's blocked out the whole world. He spends his days at his spinning loom, and he hides all of his gold under his bed. And one day, a thief steals it. It's the treasure of his life, and he's distraught. And every day, he returns home, and hoping that it's been returned, but it's not. And one day, he comes home and sees a glint of light on the floor and his heart leaps for joy has his gold been returned but when he stretches out his hand he finds instead of hard gold coins soft golden curls it's a child and he has this sudden feeling like this child is somehow a message from a far off world and it stirs in him feelings of tenderness of awe like as if some great divine power presides over his life. And he puts the child in his lap and he trembles with an emotion he's never felt before in his life. This awareness that this child has come instead of the gold. And the gold has returned as a child. And it happens. It happens to us, all of us tonight, frazzled by the hurried pace of the season, worn thin by the trials of life and work and COVID and everything else. Driven by our own desires for, for whatever it is gold is in our lives, we come face to face with this God. This God who works differently. A God who reminds us tonight that love needs concreteness. The spirit needs form. The divine needs a body. The soul needs a flesh. And intimacy tonight is whispered in the sound of a newborn baby's cry. Friends, let us now prepare our hearts in prayer for the offering. Let us pray. After the anticipa anticipation of Advent, we finally come face to face with the wonder of this night. 
Prepare our hearts, O God, to embrace your call to community and hospitality here and beyond our walls. Remind us that we are a part of your spirit's movement in the world and long that all might know your peace, joy, and abundance. Thank you for being one who is with us. Amen. And now, friends, we invite you to utilize the online giving platforms or the offering plates that will be passed among you as you give your Christmas offering this night.
Let us pray. Come, O peace, settle our hearts, that we might know a peace that passes all understanding and a sense of God's wholeness. Let it be with us according to your word. Come, O joy, speak to us in dreams and through angels, that we might encounter your presence and your calling. Stir in our hearts to seek justice and act in the ways of peace. Come, O wonder and faithfulness, labor in us, be born in us, that we may recognize the one who is born this night. We lift now in our hearts in silence all those we hold dear, all those we pray for in our hearts. And now as your people, gathered in this time and place, we join our voices in praying as Jesus taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, friends, will you join me with your candle in hand and stand together as we sing Silent Night?
Friends, we join together in our benediction, which will be on the screen. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. May our light so shine and our joy be so obvious that all who see us will know the love of God. Go in peace. God is with you. God is with us. Amen. Merry Christmas, friends.